You are listening to the Bristow Advent Christian Church Podcast. Visit us on the web at bristowacc.net. Thank you for listening. Just a major undertaking just to get ready up here sometime. Praise the Lord. They're all ready and ready to go. It's good to see you, each and every one of you here this morning in the house of the Lord on this Lord's Day that He has blessed us with. It, it got summers last week, didn't it? Ooh, my word. That humidity jumped up there, and the temperatures jumped up there, and even the even the the sunlight looks summerish out there this past week. If you notice, there's a harsher sun that's taking place out there. But uh, praise God, it's air conditioning, feels good in here, and it's good to be with you this morning. Amen. One of the greatest inventions of all mankind is the air conditioning, which I like very much. As always, I'm thankful and blessed for the opportunity God has given to me to share His Word for you just a little bit this morning. Thankful for His amazing grace and for His love and forgiveness. Thankful for His, His patience with us. Thankful for each and every one of you that are here today. Uh, I want to go ahead and turn to today's scriptures. Just one verse today. One of those one verse Sundays that Cindy always gives me the eye on because she thinks there's got to be more to it. But there will be more to it, but just one verse for today. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. As we go into a, uh, the message today, it's entitled, Go Small and Show Up. So I'll give you a second to get to get to turn to that page. When somebody gets there, give me an amen. All right, stick your finger there, and we'll get to reading that here in just a little bit. Go small and show up. Not a term we hear all the time. It's a little bit opposite of what we hear all the time. But uh, Tony, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Nowhere. Nowhere. Amen. And Joe, who's got any better? Than we do. Nobody. Nobody. Go small and show up. Too many of us Christians. And I link myself in this. We, we live below our calling. God has called us to a higher standard. He's called us to a higher living. He's called us to a, a lot of higher stuff. But we far too often live below the standard that God has for us. Below our calling that He has given to us. And we don't have to, praise God. We do not have to do this. And we're going to, we're going to look at some things today here that we may overlook as part of our calling that God calls us to do. We have within us, each and every one of us, the God-given ability to make a difference in this world in our everyday lives. Now, there'll be three points for the message today. Uh, point number one is real simple. God says we can. God says we can. That'll be point number one. And point number two, one reason why Christians uh, sometimes fail to go small and show up as we don't consider our roles to be very important. But God has a different say on that. And point number three for today will be another reason that Christians sometimes fail to go small and show up is because we don't really sometimes know what God wants us to do. We're going to look at a little bit of that today about how to know what God would have us to do as we look at this message on go small and show up. You've all heard the term, go big or go home. Uh, there's been a song written by that somebody wrote a long time ago. Uh, hear it a lot out in athletics. You Go big or go home. Uh, it means this, it's give it everything you got. Give it everything that you got. Leave it all out on the field out there. Make a big splash in whatever you're doing. But then the second part insinuates that if we don't do that, then there ain't no sense in even trying. Either go big or go home. But don't miss this truth. We serve a big God, amen? 
We serve a big God. Amen. I didn't hear you over here, Rinda. There you go. We serve a big God. We serve a mountain-moving God. We serve a God of miracles. We serve a God who is a, heart, a working God and a Red Sea parting God. We serve a big, big God who is also very active in the details of life. We serve a big God who is active in also the small things of our life. We sometimes forget that the small acts of compassion and small acts of love and small acts of obedience to God lead to big movements of a big God. I don't, I don't know if nobody heard me on that one, Tony. It leads to a big movement of a big God. It's the small things sometimes. Sure, there are, there are some go big or go home moments within our lives, and there are go big and go home moments in the lives of His people. There are a lot of go big or go home lives in the people in God's Word. But you know what? I'm sure there were a whole lot more go small and show up moments in their lives as well. There are a whole lot more of those moments in our lives than those go big or go home moments. And that's what we're going to look at today. If you've got 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, go ahead and stand and we'll read our one verse for today. I'll just turn around here because I, I did bring my... I'll just turn around here. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Father, thank you for your word today, Lord, and thank you for the promise that lies within this one powerful text that we look at today. Father, I pray that you would bless our reading of it and our understanding of it. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you've called us out of darkness into a glorious light, Father. Lord, give us strength and wisdom and power to live the calling you've called us to do, Father. Whether it's big, Lord, or whether it's small, Lord, you are in it all. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, two quick announcements before we get going here. Number one, next Saturday night, 5.30. Guys, get there. Get there. We, we, you're going to have a great time. We're going to have a... I am not as long-winded on the nighttime as I am in the day. But it's, we'll have service on Saturday night then. The next week it'll be Sunday. The next week it'll be Saturday. And then the next week it'll be Sunday. Trying to figure out which night works best for us. We're going to have some of the chosen shown there. We'll have singing that goes on on different weeks. There'll be food. There'll be fellowship. We've got ping pong tables and air hockey tables and then basketball shooting things up there. Get there at 530. You're going to have a great time. Also, next Sunday, the 21st, there will be a young adult Sunday school class that'll be starting in one of these two rooms back here. You guys are going to gather next week and kind of get your bearings, figure out what you want to study. Wyatt Smith and Scott Hall have graciously agreed to teach that, so Get up here and get excited about uh, getting together with folks of your own age and learning about the Lord together. That, that is a blessing to me. Okay, no more announcements. Go big or go home. Go small and show up. There's a story about a psychiatrist, and he was seeing a lady patient of his one time. He said this, he said, ma'am, we rarely use the word cure. He said to this lady patient, he said, but after five years of therapy, 
It is my pleasure, it is my honor to pronounce you completely cured. To his surprise, an unhappy look came over the, the lady's face. And he said, what's wrong? He said, I, I thought you would be thrilled at this, this, this news that you're, th- you're, you're cured. And she said, oh, it's fine with you. for you. She says, but three years ago, I was Joan of Arc, and today, I'm a nobody. Yeah, you roughners all got that one. As a joke. It was a joke, but, but what that lady was saying is this. She was saying this, today I'm not important. I'm not significant. It doesn't matter who I am because I have no value. Like far too many people and far too many Christians, we see that our lives have, we see our lives sometimes as we have no important significance in it whatsoever. I believe this with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that deep down in each of us, Deep down inside of us, every one of us wants to be significant. Each one of us wants to make a difference. Amen? We want to know when it's all said and done that it mattered that I walked this earth for a while. Tony Campolo once wrote this. He said, there is a latent definition. And there's a latent. And latent means this. The definition is it's existing but not yet developed. He said this, there is a latent desire in every human being to do something worth, worthwhile that will have a lasting significance. He said there is a longing in all people to do something that will make life better for other people. And according to one Spanish philosopher, he said this, there is an urge in every man to render himself indispensable. Several years ago, there was a study that was conducted of 50 people who were over the age of 95. And they were asked one question. They were asked to respond to one question and one question only. If you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? Three answers constantly emerged and dominated the results of this study. Number one, I would reflect more. Number two... I would risk more. And number three, I would do more things that lived on after I'm dead. Why those three? Why are those three answers so dominant? Because those who surveys wanted to believe that it mattered that they had lived. That they had made a difference in the time that they walked this earth. To one degree or another... We all want to believe that it matters that we have lived and that we have made a difference in this world. And that brings us to our first point this morning. God says we can. Amen? Point number one, God says we can. Ephesians 2.10 declares this, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that He prepared in advance for us to do. That tells us two things. You and I have a distinctive task, or tasks in a plural form. We have a distinctive task designed especially for us. And point number two, God wants you and I to do something special. We can make a difference. In fact, our text for today, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, tells us this, God is able. Now, we can stop right there. 
we could stop right there and we could walk out this door and say, it's been great to be in the house of the Lord today. We could stop right there if somehow, some way, we could get it through these thick heads of ours. If we could somehow or another get it in these hard hearts of ours, God is able. I don't care how sick you are, God is able. I don't care what troubles you're under, God is able. I don't care what's coming down your path, what's behind you, what may be coming around you, God is able. If we could get that into here, if we could get that into here, this would have been an awful short series of message this morning. God is able. Good to see you this morning, Sue. If we just believe those three words, it would be a life changing for us. But Paul goes on. He said, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. In spite of this reality, Howard Hendricks once wrote this. He said, I've never met a Christian who planned on having a mediocre life. He said, but I've met plenty of mediocre Christians. In other words, there are a lot of us that are doing nothing more than existing. Why would that be? Point number two for today. One reason that we, we Christians fail to go small and show up is we don't consider our role very important. Our idea of being a good Christian may be to come and to sit at church on Sunday mornings and maybe we've never realized that God wants to use us. Or maybe we really don't want to be used. That's an excuse and that's a valid excuse. God, I don't want to be used. Or maybe we've already done something for the, for the Lord and something for the church and we want to retire. We feel we've, we've done our part. I read a story about a congregation where the members refused to work in the nursery. I would work in the nursery. You do not want me in the nursery. I'm not gifted in that area. But I read a story about a congregation where the members refused to work in the nursery and their explanation was this, that they had already put in their time. Let somebody else do that for a while. They believed that there was a point in time where you can retire from serving God. They felt like there came a time when you could choose not to be used of God. That type of thinking makes one wonder if they really understood what Jesus had done for them. It's as if I were to walk up to uh, God would say something to me and say, and say this, Yes, 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 Jesus, I know you died for me, but I've paid my debt. We're square now. I'll never be able to repay that debt. And I have this thing that I need to do so much that it is so much more important than anything you may want me to do. But let's take it down on an even more basic level here. They're declaring to the king of all the universe that I know that you want me to do something. I know you've given me the privilege of working with you. The honor of you working through me to change the world. But I've got something a little bit more important on my plate. Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple Computer, 
once gave John Scully this challenge when he was the president of Pepsi-Cola. Jobs, Jobs asked him this. He said, do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugar water or do you want a chance to change the world? God puts that kind of challenge on us. He puts it right here, front and center, on us. Do you want to spend the rest of your life on things that may not matter a bit in five years? That may not make a single difference in eternity? Or do you want a chance to change the world? The Apostle Paul told some friends, he said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me. I read a devotion this week about a pastor who went to visit one of the oldest members of the Lord's congregation that he was serving. She was living in a nursing home at the time. She had suffered a stroke that had rendered the entire left side of her body as useless. Her left arm was useless. Her left Leg was useless. The whole left side of her face drooped and looked lifeless as she spoke. As she spoke. And he, he wrote this. He said, it was always a little bit unsettling when I went to visit her. Because she always cried during our conversation. She'd cry if you told her something sad. And she'd cry if you tell her something happy. If anyone had a right to retire from serving God, this woman did. But the pastor went on to write, but on more than one occasion... He wrote, when I came to visit her in the nursing home, I would find her sitting in her chair, stooped over her little table, writing letters to the people back at church. Letters of encouragement. He said, when I realized that, I never looked at ministry the same way again. Here was a woman, bowed and broken by a physical infirmity, and yet she was still seeking to minister to those that she loved from her room in the nursing home. Point number three for today. Another reason why we Christians might fail to go small and show up is we don't know what God wants us to do. For some reason, and it's part of our society, some reason a lot of folks believe that every task that they do for God has to be something eye-catching. Something where I'm in the forefront. Something dramatic. Something earth-shaking. Something we can sink our teeth into. And in the process of seeking those spectacular ministries, they overlook the opportunities of the small things. We find in John 4, 27, within the story of the woman at the well, where Jesus' disciples return after Jesus has spoken with the woman there, and his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? Why were the disciples surprised that Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman? Because she was a woman. She was a half-breed Samaritan to boot. She was insignificant. And Jesus' contact with her was asking for water. That's a pretty small thing, isn't it? Get me some water, please. It was a small thing. It was an insignificant opportunity. But... Because Jesus acted on that small thing. Because Jesus acted on that small opportunity with an insignificant woman of a despised people. 
Because of that simple interaction with this simple woman, many people came to Jesus and experienced a change in her life. The Bible tells us the entire city was changed because of one small, insignificant encounter with a woman at a well over a glass of water. Zechariah scolds us in Zechariah 4.10. He said, who despises the days of the small things? In other words, don't despise the small things in life. In other words, go small and show up. You see, those are the times when God does His greatest work in the small details of life. Let me tell you a story. In the spring of 1883, two medical students had just graduated from the University of Michigan. Go Big Blue, Tim. Ben was a short and stocky graduate, and he attempted to entice his partner, Will, a thin friend, to go with him to New York. He said, we'll make a great team. We'll be, there, there are a lot of wealthy people on the East Coast. We'll be rich in no time. What do you say? And Will said, you're probably right, Ben. Well then, he said, come East with me. We'll travel Europe. We'll hobnob with the greats of the world. We'll meet beautiful, rich young women with our talents we can't miss. And Will was silent for a moment. And he said this, that's tempting, Ben. He said, but it's not what I want. I want, first of all, to be a great surgeon. The very best that I can be to the abilities that I have. And you will be, he said. What's wrong with us getting rich in the process? And Will went on, he said, nothing, I suppose. But what about these people here? They need good doctors too, even if they can't always pay. He said, no, I should go back to my home state and give them all the help that I can. Weeks later, they parted. And Ben went to New York with his dream of getting rich, treating the wealthy and the powerful of that great city, while Will headed back to Minnesota, where he would continue to be a horse and buggy surgeon, helping his father a general practitioner, and the two of them ministered to the sick in the small towns and farms in and around their home. Now, in the years that followed, nothing much was heard of Ben. But as for Will, he and his younger brother Charles developed the Mayo Clinic. And eventually, Will Mayo did treat the wealthy. He did treat the powerful from the East, but he didn't have to go to New York to do that they came to him at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Do not despise the small things. Do not despise the day of the small things. Go small and show up. Jesus said this, If anyone, anyone gives a cup of cold water to these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Because we have a tendency to look at the small things as unimportant. But God's eyes, and in God's eyes, there are no small things. Anything done in God's name is important to God. Anything done in God's name is important to God. Let me wrap this up. As it says in Hebrews 6.10 that God is not unjust, He will not forget your work 
and the love you have shown as you have helped His people. Again, anything done in God's name is important to God. Praise His name. And He's asked you to do something. He has asked you to do something for His people. Some days it might be one of those go big or go home moments. But please, please, please don't miss those small daily moments in all of our lives when God asks us to go small and show up. It's two words. Two powerful words that we're going to learn or relearn in our, our, the refugees kind of case. Two words that we're going to learn or relearn when God lays something on our hearts. When God places an opportunity right there in front of us, when God asks us straight up two words we're going to learn, yes, Lord. Not 900 words of an excuse why I can't do this. Not 900 words of an excuse why I won't do this. Two words we're going to learn, yes, Lord. Perhaps God's Spirit has placed something on your heart today. An opportunity right there in front of you. An opportunity in your heart. An opportunity to serve Him. To love others. An opportunity to... Do you realize, and I don't think we realize this a whole lot of time, do you realize that when you follow the Lord in a prompting that He has for you, you are an answer to somebody else's prayer? Somewhere, somehow, some way, somebody prayed, and God said, I got just the guy for that job. I've got the, just the lady for that job. You have an opportunity to be an answer to somebody's prayer. Maybe God has placed something on your heart today. Somebody on your heart today that you need to send a card to. That's a small thing, isn't it? It's a dying thing, too. We don't write letters anymore. It is nice to get one, though, isn't it? That's a small thing. Maybe God has placed that on your heart. Maybe God has said, hey, I need you to call somebody and say, hey, are you okay? That's a small thing. Does anybody here not have a phone? Not you, Laney. When you get older, I thank you for your honesty, though. That's a small thing to call somebody and say, hey, how you doing? I can't tell you how many times throughout the week the Lord lays something on It's not big stuff. It's small stuff. But the thing is, we serve a big God who is very active, very working, very alive in the small details of life. And that big God has asked me, and that same God has asked you to go small and show up. When He lays it on your heart, when He puts it right there in front of you, when you know this is something the Lord would have me to do, then do it. Do it. Don't put it off. Don't fret about it and think, well, I've got to think this through a little bit. Just, just do it because I know that I'm going to talk myself out of it the longer I let it ride. And if it goes past a day, I can't remember it anymore half the time. That's why I've got to write everything down. He's asked us to be active in the small details of life. He's asked, asked us to show up 
and go small. Those little things that lead to big movements of a big God. Three points for today. Three points why we need to go small and show up. Number one, God says we can. We can make a difference in the world. It's the small things that lead to the big movements of a big God. God's word even tells us if we can't be trusted in the small things, what makes you think he would trust us in the large things? Number two, one reason we fail to go small and show up is we don't consider our role as important. Your role is important in this life. God has designed you for a specific task or tasks in a plural sense that only you can do. There are people out there that will only hear your message because of your relationship with them, because of the way they connect with you. God has designed you for that task. Number three, another reason we sometimes fail to go small and show up is we don't know what God wants us to do sometimes. That's hard, I know. I wish we had instructions for everyday walking with the Lord, but there's not. You know what they call that, folks? They call that faith. Amen. I don't see it sometimes, Lord, but I, I trust you. You have never failed me to this point, and I know you won't again. One of the reasons I think that this Sunday night and Saturday night thing is so important for us as a congregation is one of the great blessings that we've had, right, Darla, of meeting as a group, is we've learned to serve each other. Something that's been lost in the past two or three years with all this COVID nonsense when we were told don't go and we couldn't go, and that's we have forgotten how to serve. And if we won't serve each other, I promise you we're not going to serve out there. I love you. I don't even like them. But the Lord has called us to serve. Not you guys on this side. Don't feel like that. I should have went this way. Because they do crazy stuff out there. I don't even like a lot of them. But you know what? My God loves them. And if not for His grace, that's me. We've got to learn to serve each other. And then God is going to unleash us on serving our communities. You are made for a purpose. Go small and show up. Father, thank you. For this time, thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord, that takes us, Lord, and just wrings our hearts out, Father, and Lord, just fills it with it. I pray that you would bless this time, Lord, as we go from this place. Lord, I pray that your word would, would dwell richly within our hearts, Father, and the words that we've heard today, Lord, that that Holy Spirit would bring them to mind and bring them to heart throughout this week as we need that strength, Lord, and that conviction and that power in our lives. Lord, we lay our lives in your hand. Lord, that, 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 that's what we said, Lord. We don't always see what's coming down the road, Father, but we trust that you are going to guide us and direct us where you would have us to go. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for these people. Lord, bless us as we leave this place. May we be Jesus to someone this week. May we be their hands. May we be his feet. And may we be his heart. In his name we pray. Amen.